Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. 2 Kings chapter 5, and we're going to pick up in verse 1. I'm just going to pray. Father, we thank you today for your presence. We thank you, God, for this opportunity to be in your house. And Lord, we just pray now, breathe in this room. Speak into our lives. Lord, I offer myself as a vessel for your word today. But also, God, that you will speak into hearts. Lift people today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Second Kings 5 and verse 1. We're going to pick up it. It says this, Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel. And she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. Bye. He doesn't pack lightly, does he? The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you, so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me? When Elisha, the man of God, heard that king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and his chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Urbana and Farfa, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in rage. Naaman's servants went to him And said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed. So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Wow. What a story. I remember hearing this story when I was in Sunday school, listening to to the story of Naaman who dipped in the river. If you've never read this before, fantastic story of a man who hears about Elisha, who is this prophet in Israel. And he hears about this man that he can cure him of this leprosy. And it says that he went across to to Israel to to find Elisha or to find the answer to his problem and then he hears these instructions that seem so odd to go into this river and the Jordan River at the time and probably still today is a very dirty river and so to go to this river and dip in it seven times. Wow. He does this and he is healed. Amen. Fully cleansed. Fully cleansed and fully healed. I want to talk to you today. The title of this message is the obedience factor. 
How many of you know that in your life, for you to be successful, for God to deliver you, and as we heard today about when we feel like we're in quicksand, we feel like things are around us and overwhelming us, maybe sickness is overwhelming you, maybe finance problems are overwhelming you, and everything in life seems to be coming around you. How many of you know that the key to success is to be obedient to God? You see, we can get into this view that until life feels good and everything's good around us and God needs to help us, God's saying, I want you to obey the words I first told you. Some of us are, are blaming God for the situations that we're in. Now, this story I find amazing because Naaman, who is actually the commander of the army of the king of Aram. Now, if you read about this, these, the king of Aram is actually at war against Israel sometimes. So there's quarrels between them. Interestingly, it says in this story that Naaman was blessed and the king of Aram was blessed by God even though they were at war with Israel. Which is amazing because it shows us today that sometimes people in your life around you are getting blessed. You see people who don't go to church on Sunday. They don't do anything for God. You're doing everything to give your life to Jesus and then you see other people getting success. Let me tell you that God orchestrates everything. The book of Romans says that all things come together for his good. They work together for him. And I want to tell you today that whether you're looking at someone else's life of what's happening to them, the thing that you need to do is always obey God. The Bible says the sun shines on the righteous and the unrighteous as well. It doesn't say just the righteous. So you're going to find sometimes that you get discouraged and the enemy is going to use this because he's going to get you to look at people and say they're blessed and I'm not blessed. But I want to tell you today that God blesses all people for his will. His sovereign will in the world today. We don't understand it. We sometimes question God on it. But I want to say to you today, don't question God. Trust God. Naaman serves the king of Aram. This is in what was now modern day Syria. So this is in Syria. And Naaman is with this king. And then they hear about this ability for him to be healed. Verse 1 says this, Naaman was a valiant soldier. But he had leprosy. Can I just say that you, in your life can be valiant. You can look great on the outside. You can come to church every week and look like you're victorious. You can pass off to anyone that your life is going well, but deep down you've got leprosy. Deep down you've got an illness or a depression that you've not shared with anyone and you carry these weights in your life. It says he was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. You know, years ago in our, in our house, we've, I decorated the house and we got this, uh, this little corner in our, in, our, in our room that always seems to get damp on the wall. It's just one little section out of the whole house. And, and when we bought the house, how many of you know, you never see these things when you buy the house, do you? So I went in the house. I'm sure they hid it from me. And so we buy the house and not before long, I begin to see these, these little area in the house that began to show this damp area. And so I thought, well, I've got to do something about it. So what did I do? I went down to home base. And it's amazing what you find in home base because in home base, it tells you you can buy paint that covers this up. I'm sure that's what they used on me. And you can buy something that covers up the damp and the, the damp won't come through again. And so I, I went and bought some of this stuff, painted it across, put the paint over the top and lo and behold, the problem went. Amen. My wife was so pleased with my DIY work. And, 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 and it went. But not after long, it began to come through again. You see, sometimes the paint wears off. Sometimes we can look valiant Sometimes we can look great, but deep down we're not dealing with issues. So I decided to get the plasterer in. And he said to me, you need to rip the whole thing off and start again. I said, how much is that going to cost? A lot more than a tin of paint. And so I said, we'll do it. And he did it. He said, I can't promise it's going to solve the problem because you might have even deeper issues than this. 
The problems might be on the outside. So I said, well, just do this for now. So I spent the money. He rips the whole wall off. He replasters it, re-renders it. And everything was fine until six, seven months later. It all began to appear again. Then I realized the issue was even deeper than this. Can I just say to you today that some of us, we're passing off like things are okay, but we're not dealing with deep issues in our lives. One of those things sometimes can be sin. Sin that can break us. God wants us today, I believe, if we want to be successful in him, to be obedient to him and deal with some of these things. The power of obedience in our lives to God is a powerful, powerful thing. I believe obedience to God is the path to our breakthrough. Some of us are not doing what God is asking us to do. And I believe God wants us to obey him today. Naaman was known as this commander of the army. But he dropped his pride to go to Elisha to receive a healing. Someone once said this, he who refuses to obey cannot command. He who refuses to obey cannot command. I want you to just grab that for a minute because some of us are asking, why can I not move in the power and authority of God? It's because we're not willing to obey first. You can never command anything unless you're willing to obey. If you're willing to obey God, you'll have the authority to command. So some people are saying, well, I I prayed for the sick and I didn't see anything happen. I want to just question, are you obeying God in your life? Are you surrendering everything you are to God to allow him to give you the authority to command? Because some of us are saying, oh, you know, I want to be able to do this. I want to pray for the sick. I want to, I want to see God use me in these areas of, of command and authority. But actually, we're not willing to obey him in the day-to-day things in our life. I want to talk just for a few moments today on obedience. And this story is full of examples of what obedience does. The f- number one is this. Simple obedience turns our insignificance into influence. Simple obedience turns insignificance into influence. What do I mean by that? Verse 2 says this, now a band of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel. She served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Can I just say something? This story, if you were to pass off and quickly read this story, you would say that the story is pivotal on several things. One, God's power, but also Elisha's gift. Elisha is the one that is orchestrating. He's telling Naaman to do this. But can I just show you something here? Because I've never seen this before. But there is a young lady in this story that's nameless. This is the servant to Naaman's wife. It says that in the, in, the, in the fighting that she was taken captive from Israel, brought back into Syria, and she was serving the king of Aram and, and, and serving that area and serving Naaman's wife in particular. And when she hears that Naaman has leprosy, what does she do? She speaks up and she says, if only... If only they would know about Elisha. I know. What it tells me is that she grew up as a young girl learning the things of God. She knew the power of God. She was a nameless girl. She doesn't even get a name. But it says, she said, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria. He would cure him of his leprosy. Let me tell you, you read, you read the book of Esther. You say, oh yeah, Esther, she was positioned for such a time as this. She got all the prophetic words. She was positioned for such a time. She was given this duty, this this position to change and save a nation. Joseph was positioned in a point of time in the word of God. He was positioned to save a nation. But you don't hear much about this young lady who changes and affects something for the kingdom of God. 
Can I just say that there are some people here today, you feel like you have no name, no position, you don't feel like God is using you. Can I just say to you that when you obey God, when you stand out, when you stand out from the crowd, God is going to use you and he's going to take someone who feels like they're nameless. He's going to do it for his glory. Hallelujah. God is positioning people, men and women here right now in different workplaces in Cambridge, different families around people who need to hear. And he needs people to stand up and say, if only you knew. If only you knew about the God of Israel, Jesus Christ, who is the healer. If only. Can I just say what God is looking for in this generation for a revival to come? It's not just coming to church. It's when men and women of God will stand up because they don't just have a name. They stand up and say, if only you knew. Listen. This is so exciting because what it tells me is you don't have to be an Esther. You don't have to be a Joseph. You don't have to be someone with a title. You don't need a title for the kingdom of God to work through you. You can just be a nameless girl. Do you know what I find amazing about this? She ain't just nameless. She's a captive. She's a captive in a foreign country. Some of us today are saying, I can't move for God in this nation because it's too difficult Political correctness. Cambridge is hard ground. Do you know what you're doing? You're listening to the the times that are around you and you're letting your place define you. You can let the place you're in define the influence that God wants to bring through you. You see, she says, do you know what? I'm a captive here. I've been stolen from Israel. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing right now, I'm seeing my enemies who've took me captive getting ill. In fact, he's covered in leprosy. They've been successful. It says he's a successful man, highly regarded. You'd think the flesh in her would say, oh, finally, he's getting ill. Maybe I might be able to go back to Israel. Oh, look at it. Everything's going well. My prayers are getting answered. I've been praying for this day when I'm going to get a release. He's getting ill. Look, he's dying. <laughs> but she doesn't. She doesn't pray and doesn't ask for his downfall. She says, if only you knew. You see, when you, when you serve God, when you serve the kingdom of God, you look at problems, you look at the places you're in, and you say, every place I'm in that is in opposition to God is an opportunity for God. I want to tell you today, wherever there is opposition in what you're doing, it's an opportunity for God to work through you. Come on we got to get excited because that tells me right now, it says I don't have to wait for some good season to work for God. I don't have to wait till the, till the, 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 the atmosphere around me feels good. It tells me I can change. I can change things if I just speak out. You know, next week when you go to Iraq, you're going to be positioned in a place that actually you're a minority in a majority. But let me tell you something. When you're a minority, it doesn't matter in the equations of the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter. Because when you're in a foreign place, all you got to do is say, if only you knew about the prophet in Samaria. If only you know about Jesus. God is looking for those who will stand up and speak out. You you can change the atmosphere. You can change the atmosphere. And I believe that God, that, that the future of a revival for God to do something amazing in our city and our nation is not defined on one church. It's not defined on, on a pastor. It's not defined on an evangelist. It's defined on you. Men and women of God who say, I don't need a name. I don't need a title. I just need to stand up and take an opportunity in my opposition to change the situation. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Let me tell you today, the devil does not like to, you to hear this. Because he wants you to think it's all about the man at the front. Or all about the woman at the front. But it's not. Because the future of the kingdom of God is all about you and me working for him. That's why when I say we've got to go to the streets, we need more than six people. We need to get out there. We've got to change this city. Hallelujah. A few years ago, we went on a trip, me and Emma, to, to Paris. Amazing, but we didn't fly there. We went on a coach for 13 hours. Big mistake. It was a cheap deal. I don't even know that the word cheap <laughs> tells you everything. We got there. I've probably told this story before, but we spent several days looking around Paris, and then we, we get to the, the coach to leave and walked up to the coach, and we're about to set off back on 13, 14-hour journey back to Cambridge. And I get in the car park, and the, the bus driver is underneath the, underneath the coach saying, it's broken, the aircon's broken. And straight away I thought, this is going to be a nightmare. It was 90 degrees heat. We got into this coach. We drive back to Cambridge. On the way back, we're coming across on the ferry and we come into the customs department. And all the way through this trip, there was a man who was with us. And this particular man, he was a good guy to just have a laugh with and a joke. But we walk into the customs and declarations area. We're coming back in and I'm exhausted. I've just spent, I don't know, 11 hours now or so on a coach. And this man said to me, he says, when I, and he says, when I get into, into customs, I might just shout, there's a bomb in my bag. Now, if he'd shout that today, I think he'd, I don't even want to, know, want to know what had happened to him. I said to him, I wouldn't say that if I were you. We got into the customs and what does he do? Yeah, he shouts, there's a bomb in my bag. The next minute, the whole of our bags were being searched. This man was being held by the police. This is the end of our journey to Paris. It's amazing what one word can change the atmosphere. It's amazing that in a place like that, one little thing, one little thing can trigger everyone to react. It can change the atmosphere. You see, we could have been through there in minutes, but because of this one man speaking out. I said, I wouldn't do that if I were you. There's a bomb in my bag. Crazy. Can I just say we've got to be crazy for the kingdom of God? Because you know what? What's happening is this. People, men and women of God, they're walking through life and it's like customs. You don't speak. You don't speak because of what people might say. You don't open your mouth because of political correctness. You don't open your mouth and now political correctness, situations, positions and places are now defining how you speak. It's time to stand up. Probably don't say there's a bomb in your bag. But it's time to stand up and to say the things that are the truth of God's word. And be obedient and not compliant. It's time to be obedient to his word and not compliant with the world. Hallelujah. Nathaniel said of Jesus, he said, can anything good from, come from Capernaum? Jesus comes from Capernaum. And Nathaniel says, can anything good come from there? You can either be defined what, what people say about your situation, your place, or you can change it. Jesus did not let Nathaniel's words define what he was about to do. Don't let confidence rob your obedience in God. This, ser this servant girl, she triggers and influences something. And it's pivotal because without her activity, nothing would have happened that day. She didn't allow her captivity to drive her activity. And some of us are captive by political correctness. We're captive by what we can say. Let me say to you, don't let your captivity in your season drive your activity. Be used for God. Even Daniel, when he faced the lion's den, what does he do? He turns a decree of opposition into an opportunity. He's told, you, you pray, we're going to put this decree against you. If, you. if you do anything to serve any other God, you're going to be thrown into the, into the lion's den. 
What does he do? Finds a window. He doesn't just pray discreetly in a secret room. He gets a window that faces Jerusalem. Prays three times a day just so that they can see him. He turns a decree of opposition into an opportunity for God to use him. And then when he's faced with the lions, he trusts God. And when he trusts God, God comes through and changes the heart of the king. Can I just say to you today, sometimes when you're obedient, you're going to land yourself in some lion's den. Sometimes things are going to get worse for you when you're obedient to God. When you start to influence society, some people, and let me say there's going to be a day coming when people, I believe, are going to have to go into prison for what they say. Do you want to sign a welcome card now? Do you want to join a life group now? There's going to be a day that comes when we as a, as a nation see the persecution. When we cannot say things and if we stand up for God, we're going to be put into prison. Do you know what this is? It's the Antichrist spirit that is coming among us. The Bible says that whether the Antichrist has appeared, the spirit is here of the Antichrist. It's time not to let the culture change us. Don't become adapted to the culture. Change the culture. You're in. God's calling people to a higher level of influence. When you're obedient, it changes your insignificance into influence. I believe God is blowing on the coals of people's heart today to remind you what to do. To stand up for him in this season. Matthew 5, 14 to 15 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bull. In other words, when you've got a light, you've got to let it shine. I'm not going to sing a song. So I feel like just breaking out into song. Number two, simple obedience today. Turns our confusion into expectation. Verse 10 says this. Elisha sent a message to say to him. Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan. And your flesh will be restored. And you will be cleansed. Then he arrives at Elisha's house. After he goes via the king. And then he arrives there. And the, Elisha says you got to go to the Jordan and dip seven times. I mean you've just traveled. All of this way. You've heard that there can be healing. You've heard that there can be an answer to your life. You travel all this way and you get to this amazing prophet and he doesn't wave his hand over you. He doesn't pray for you and you see deliverance immediately at the doorstep. He says, I want you to go to the dirtiest river. Dip seven times and you will be healed. What does it say happened? He says he got angry. He got angry. He didn't understand it. He responds in verse 12. It says, Are not Abana and Farfa the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? He turned away, went off in a rage. Do you know what he did? He said this. He said, You're telling me, you're telling me to go to this dirty river. But in Damascus, in Syria, in, in, where I'm from, there's some clean rivers. There's so much better rivers than all of Israel. Why go to this river? Why bother going to this river? I've traveled all this way for you to tell me to go to a dirty river. I want to go back to Syria to my rivers because my rivers are clean. But he says, no, you've got to go. And he goes off. Angry. I want to say that some people here today, I felt the loss of this. You've been in a season of failed expectations of God. You thought God was going to heal you. You thought God was going to deliver you from that thing that is holding you. You thought God was going to bring breakthrough. But now you're in a season where failed expectations have, dis have discouraged you. And now you look at yourself and say, I don't, I'm angry with God. How many sometimes get a little angry with God? I do sometimes. I have to ask God to forgive me. But I get angry because I'm angry because I want him to do it my way. 
I'm discouraged because I traveled all this way. I gave my life. I served on team. I did everything for Jesus. And I've done everything I can. And you've not done it the way I want you to do it. You tell me to go to some dirty river. You told me after I've served all this time, i got to keep on working for you and trust you. Let me just tell you about my rivers. I, I, I think I know a better way. I think I know a better way. I know some cleaner rivers. My rivers from where I'm from. Some of us are telling God how to do things. Obedience requires us to lay down our efforts. Surrender our agenda. Surrender what we want him to do. See, he says this. When he sets off and the king says, go on, go and see him. He'll heal you. Go on then. And he goes and he sets off. It says this. He takes 10 talents of silver and 6,000 golden shekels and 10 sets of clothing. Sounds like my wife. 10 sets of clothing. But he takes the money. He takes the gold and the silver. Why? Because when he's healed, he tries to buy his healing. Some of us, what we're doing is we're carrying our expectations and these are weighing us down. When you carry what you have and you think God's going to do it your way, you don't trust him. And God is asking you today. He's saying it's time to drop the shekels. It's time to drop the silver. It's time to drop what you're carrying because what you're carrying is weighing you down. But when you drop everything, you see, I, I can just see me, Elisha's saying to him, what about the rivers at Damascus? What about the rivers that we've got? In fact, actually, I've got some money. Do you want my gold? Do you want my silver? I've just carried it all this way. Is there any other way we can do this? No, I don't want your money. Your rivers are not the answer. It's about obedience. You go to this river and you will find freedom. Can I just say today that in this house right now, there is a river that is flowing. There's a river, there's an answer. There, there is going to be a breakthrough for someone today. Maybe you're suffering with illness and God says, I want to, I want to heal you today. I want you to drop your expectations. I want you to drop what's weighing you down. Leave everything and trust me. Who's carrying that weight today? Who's carrying that predetermined expectation that weighs you down? Zechariah 4.6 says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. It's not about your might. It's not about how much money you've got. It's not about where you feel you are. It's about trusting God and saying, I drop everything. We sung about it earlier. When we surrender everything, we lay our lives before him. God can move in. You know, another thing that can hold us down is that sin can hold us. This story paints a picture of salvation. Amen. You see, some of us today, and I really felt to say this, but some of us today... We're like the valiant soldier, but actually we're living in sin. There's a leprosy in our hearts. There's a leprosy of sin that's got hold of us. That I believe God is saying, you can't be influential because these things have, have robbed you. They've took hold of you. Addictions, things that you said, I, I've asked God to set me free on this and I've not seen freedom. And God's saying today, I want you to surrender everything to me, son. I want you to surrender everything to me, daughter. Do you know sin is just like leprosy? I don't know if you noticed this, but it says, I don't believe all his skin was covered in leprosy. Because it says that when he went to the house, he says he was discouraged because he didn't wave his hand over the spot. 
didn't say, he didn't wave his hand all over my body. He says, it means that there was a spot. In fact, actually, when you read back and you look and you see this description of a valiant soldier, highly regarded, you can almost imagine him wearing his uniform, doing his duties, doing his daily thing, but covering up that spot. But deep down in the, in the secrets of his room with his wife saying, I've got this problem. And then it's when the servant hears these things in the house. And she speaks up. I believe that actually his leprosy wasn't covering everywhere. That's my, my view. But actually was hiding some things. And some of us today, we're hiding our, our sins. So we look valiant. We look like we're succeeding for God. But actually sin is crippling us. And it stops your influence. I want to tell you today that when you come to the river, there is forgiveness. Jesus wants to forgive you today. Jesus wants to forgive you of your sins. He doesn't condemn us. The Bible says that he does not condemn us. But he convicts us to come back to him. And I just sense today there are sins that people have given over to. And maybe you've been wrapped up in sexual sin. Maybe you've been wrapped up in things that you know that are not right. And God is saying to you today, I want you to bring these things. Do you know what you've got to do? You ain't got to come with anything else other than yourself. Come as you are. Get on your knees and surrender to him. Say, God, I'm sorry. But just saying sorry is not enough. It's repenting, turning from our sins. You know, we believe in this church that we can't just live a life of sin. We have to seek holiness in our lives. He comes to the river. He comes to the river and he lays everything down. He lays his pride down to set off towards the river. This river is dirty. He said, there's so many clean rivers. Can I just say to you that when you come to Christ, people don't want to sometimes come because it's offensive. The cross of Christ is offensive. I believe that, that dirty river painted a picture of sin. It painted a picture that actually sometimes we've got to lower ourselves because the cross of Christ is offensive. We're coming up to Easter soon and when we, we focus on Easter, we realize that what happened at the cross, Jesus paid for us to be free. He shed his blood for you and me. And the power of the blood of Jesus is present in this house today. I want to tell you there's a river here today, forgiveness and love. Acts 4.12, Peter declares, he says, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. However good your rivers are, they're not going to clean you. However good your rivers are and your answer, it's not going to clean you. Because he says, I want you to come. Salvation, freedom, forgiveness is only found in Jesus Christ. Can I just say this today? And I'll probably one day go to prison for this. But there is no other God that can heal you. There is no other God who can set you free. Allah will not forgive you. Buddha will not forgive you. There is no other way. Jesus Christ is the only way. Jesus Christ is the only way. Some of us are trusting in other things. We're saying, I'm going to these other rivers. Listen to me. There are things I've seen recently on media of people saying, well, I'm sure all roads may lead to, to God in the end. Listen, there is only one name. His name is Jesus. Allah did not die for you. Buddha did not die for you. On my honeymoon, I spent my time in Sri Lanka. And I went into the Buddhist temple to look at what they were doing. And I saw crowds of people looking down a little alleyway at Buddha's tooth in a box. I was a born again Christian then. As I stood in there, and the tour guide who was half drunk took me around this place and I walked in and it broke me because I realized people were looking to a tooth when you need to look to the answer and his name is Jesus. 
It's time to stand up, church. It's time to tell people that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. Your rivers, other rivers will not clean you. Only he will. First Corinthians 1.8, Paul says this, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. People will tell you, your river is dirty. It's not good enough. Jesus is getting a bad name. People don't want to know about Jesus. They're removing him from the media. Oh, this is foolishness. It's all about wisdom. Do what you want to do in life. The message of the cross is foolishness to them. But listen, today, it's the power of God for those who believe. Hallelujah. Finally, simple obedience turns our action into restoration. It says he went down, he dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Wow. Naaman takes this advice from his servants and he goes. But he doesn't just get in the river. He dips seven times. How many of you know number seven is important in the Bible? If you come to Bible 360, you'll understand that. (laughs) Here he goes. Seven times. He says, go and... Why? Because the biblical number seven means perfection. Jesus is perfection. When you trust in Jesus, he will wash you and you will be clean. He says, I want you to go, and, and I can just see this. Right now, he's, he's wandering down, and his servants have talked him into it. And can I just say this? He says this, that when he got angry, he walked off and says, I ain't going to know river. And then his, his servant said, listen, if he asked you to do something great, you'd do it. So why don't you just do this? Give it a try. And I felt the Lord said to me when we were worshiping this morning to say that there are some people here that they have got angry. They've walked away from church in your family. There are people right now that if you once saw them in church, they walked away angry because they didn't like something in church. They didn't like something about Jesus. And I felt the Lord said this to me, to tell the people there are family members that walked away and God says, I'm going to put people around them to tell them to get back to the river. You see, Elisha didn't go running after him out of the church saying, come back. You've got to go to the river. Do as I say. He let him go in his anger. Do you know, sometimes you've got to let people go in their anger. You've got to let people just go. Why? Because God, by his spirit, orchestrates, puts the right people around at the right time. And before you know it, his servant is talking him, talking him back into getting back to the river. Let me tell you, it's a word for someone today. If your loved ones have walked away from God, if they've got angry with something, Jesus says to you today, I'm putting people around them. I'm putting people around them. They're in my hands. I'm putting people around them so that they will talk to them. And and you're saying in your heart, you're saying, they're never going to come back to a dirty river. They don't understand the concept. But with the right people, at the right time, their hearts will be changed. Lord, let that be. Let that be. He heads off down to the river. You can just see him now saying, are you sure? Is there any other river that's better than this? And he's got his gold, he's got his silver, he's got chariots, he's got the lot, he's got everything. He's got ten sets of clothes. When we tell people to get baptized, we said, just bring one set. He's got ten. Ten sets. He is well prepared. Well prepared. Yet in all his preparation, he walks down and he has to get in the river. And he steps in. I can just imagine him getting in this dirty, foul river that was muddy. And he stands in the Jordan River. And he stands there. And right now as he stood in this dirty river, he does one little dip. I don't know about you, but when I go to the seaside with my kids and you get in, one little dip and I'm out of the sea. My wife's laughing at me. One dip. Oh, look, the leprosy's still there. He said, seven. Yeah, you try doing this. Okay, one more. Two. 
still there. He said, seven. Some of us have given up on six. Some of us gave up on one. We thought God was doing it our way. In fact, when we start to obey him, we said he ain't doing anything. If he really wanted to heal me, he'd have done it at number one. Listen, can I just say to you, if you've just started your, your walk with Jesus and you're saying, I'm a bit discouraged because this leprosy ain't gone yet. I'm telling you something, you're on a journey because you're on your sixth dip maybe. But on your seventh dip, God is bringing you to full restoration. You gotta trust him. You gotta stay in the river, however dirty it is, however muddy it feels on the bottom. You gotta say, I'm staying here. I'm trusting Jesus. And I'm gonna keep on dipping. I'm gonna keep on going under until I am completely free of what God wants to set me free from. I ain't giving up because the prophet, the man of God said seven times. There's a Jordan River here today. Don't give up. Go for your breakthrough. Keep dipping and don't give up. 1 John 1 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all of all righteousness. Unrighteousness. Jesus is here. Today, to cleanse and wash and set people free. Isaiah 1.18 says, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they're red as crimson, they shall be like wool. And then it says this, verse 19, if you are willing and obedient. Do you see that? When you are covered in dirt from sin, when your sins are like scarlet, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. When you're obedient, even though you feel dirty, let me tell you, there is a river, and it's not so muddy at the front here, but there's a place for you today to come and surrender and say, God, I'm sorry for the sin in my life. I'm sorry for the leprosy I'm hiding underneath. I'm sorry for this little thing that I've been doing secretly that is crippling me of my influence. I'm sorry, God. And listen, can I tell you, we're supposed to be in a family here. And I just sense the Lord just put this word on my heart today to say there are people who need to come. And get in the river. And you need to come and bow and say, I'm sorry. I need forgiveness. I want to be washed clean again. I want to be washed clean again of the things that I've done. So that I can be ready to be an influence for God. You see, sin will cripple you. It will hold on to you. And it will ruin your gifts. The gifts never go away from you. But your confidence in the gift will. I love it what it says in 2 Kings 5, 14. If the team want to just come back, that would be great. It says, 2 Kings 5, 14, Naaman's flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Naaman was not just healed. It says his skin became like a new boy, young boy. The Bible says that when we give our life to Jesus... We're a new creation. <laughs> We're a new creation. Can I just say that there are people here that the Lord says, I don't just want to heal you. I want to make you new in your heart again. I want to re restore your heart. A newness to come. Naaman wasn't just healed, but he was made new. Second Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. People get baptized in a couple of weeks here. Can I just say to you that that water downstairs, it's not as, what, as dirty as the Jordan. It's close. 
Cambridge water these days. But can I just say to you, that tank does not cleanse you. That water does not wash your sins away. tell you where the river starts it starts here in your heart when you confess your sins one to another and to him and you say I'm a sinner I failed you God I need forgiveness I step into your river I step into your river I know that this river it's offensive I sometimes I if I look I look at that river it's the cross it reminds me of what you did you paid the price for me God and I've let you down and there are some people here you feel like you've let God down because of sin and I feel like the Lord wants you to know today you haven't let him down he just calls you again to come to the river he's calling you back from your anger he's calling you back he's saying come come on come now because I died for you I died for you this river is here for you all heaven watches today Some people say, oh, you know, once saved, always saved. <laughs> I'm saved. I don't, need to, I don't need to. If that's the case, then you wouldn't have to worry about holiness. Do you know that in the next chapter, after Naaman's healed, in 2 Kings 6, it says that Aram, King Aram, went to war with Israel. The same king who sent Naaman to Elisha to be healed Naaman comes back remember if he's successful in war then Naaman must be helping him because Naaman was the commander of the army so you can imagine this Naaman comes back to him in 2nd Kings 6 you got this whole story going off where wow man you're healed you, you've been healed what happened oh well I went into this river and, and, and I dipped seven times and, and, I, and I received this, this, this complete cleansing can I just say to you you can be Forgiven, you can receive Jesus Christ. You could have received him 10 years ago, but you can wander from him, and now you can become an enemy of him. In one chapter, the very man who's got healed is helping King Aram to be successful again to try and fight against Israel. The book of Philippians says in 3 verse 18, those who live as the enemy of the cross of Christ, their destiny is destruction. So you can have given your life to Jesus. You can have one time jumped in the river and you can have known forgiveness, but now you're an enemy of the cross of Christ. And I want to say today, Jesus says, I, I, don't, I don't push you away. I call you back. Come to the river because the river's open. The river's open and you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to bring me your gold. You don't have to bring me your silver. You don't have to show off with how many clothes you've got. You don't have to tell me what chariots you've got. You don't have to tell me where you're from and how clean your rivers are. Because I want you to come to my river. And yet it's offensive. It's offensive because all sin was laid on the cross. But come. And as you obey, you'll find freedom. Amen. Come on, let's stand. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.